Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 212, and it's titled, How to Course Correct Your Relationship. Okay, so a lot of the work that we do is in helping couples course correct their relationships. They come to us because something's not working right and they are off course, the course that they want to be on. So they recognize that there's something going on that they don't like, something they want to change, something they want to fix. And so we put together a show, I should say really, Celine put together (laughs) a show um, that really gives you a great framework on how to start to get your relationship back on track, how to course correct it. And I just want to say, you know, the majority of the shows that we put together, we usually do together. But every once in a while, one of us has an idea and just runs with it and just does the whole show. And today, this was definitely Celine's brainchild. She had the inspiration and she went through and by the time I sat down at the computer, she's like, I'm done. (laughs) So I just wanted to give you a little shout out for that. Well, thank you, Kevin. You know, really the idea came from, if you've been listening to the Love Lab podcast and you're like, okay, I have an issue with boundary setting or I suck in bed (laughs) or this is not happening. You know, it can feel very overwhelming or maybe you've reached out for help. And I was looking at some stats, and about 70% of marriage counseling is a failure. 70%. And so a lot of people turn to the wrong places to get the kind of help that they need. Not to say that therapy doesn't work or that counseling doesn't work, but oftentimes people get stuck in patterns And in things that don't work, focus a lot on the negative. And wherever you put your energy on, it expands. Right. So there's there's the idea that, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not faulting the counselors or the therapists. I mean, I'm sure that there's there have been people that have come to us that like had tremendous success while they worked with us and then they went home and crashed and burned again, right? <laughs> like there's only so much you can do because you bring you to wherever you go, right? So I think part of what you're saying here is that yes, work with a therapist, but or a counselor or coach or whoever, but also you need to really understand and know the things we're going to talk about today because ultimately your success is up to you. It really is. And I think there are different modalities that seem to work better. So therapy versus coaching, I believe coaching has better results for most people because coaching forces you to be accountable. Therapy sometimes enables you to stay a victim for a really long time. Yeah, well, <laughs> we could we could talk a lot about uh, sort of our take on therapy. Uh, one of the problems we find is that they spend way too long just going over the thing that traumatized you to begin with, thereby re-traumatizing you over and over again. 
But anyway, we won't go there. We, we really don't want to do bag on therapists because they have a place and, you know, there's they do good work too. But at the same time, we want to just point out a few things that we think maybe coaching does a little bit better. And really, this isn't about pitching coaching, right? Because obviously we do coaching, right? So <laughs> we, we have a vested interest in getting you to believe that coaching is better. Like we can state that up front, right? Like we understand that. But what we're trying to do here is to empower you with tools so that you can make decisions on your own. All right. So before we get started, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. If you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men, whether you want to have hard erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. You know, we've been reading this ad for Power Mastery for a long time. And, you know, we created this course a few years ago. And when we created it, we were like, this course is amazing. It's <laughs> fantastic. Like, this is going to do so much good for the world. But in the years that, you know, we've been uh, selling it, we haven't really gone back and really reviewed it. And so we're in the process right now of reviewing all of our courses and looking for, is there anything new that's come out since we made it that should be in here? So that's a process we're going on. But I'm not telling you that to tell you that. What I'm t The reason <laughs> I'm telling you that is because in that review process, I'm watching, I'm literally going through the entire course as if I were somebody going through the course. Mm -hmm. And I was actually kind of blown away by how good <laughs> it was. I, I, so far, I've started with Power of Your Actions. I was like, damn, <laughs> we put together a good course. You know, I, really think, I think we weren't as relaxed as we are now in our delivery, but the content is fantastic. The, con the content is fantastic. And honestly... In that particular course of new things to add, I only had a couple of things and they're brand new technologies. Cool. So I, I just, you know, hey, you know, here we are talking about how great coaching is and how great our programs are, whatever. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I was actually really blown away about uh, how good it really was. And so I highly recommend if you're struggling with any of these issues... Premature ejaculation, uh, erectile dysfunction, not good in bed, you know, you need to up your skills, you need to learn intimacy, like really need to go to powermastery.com. Okay, enough of that. So let's start maybe with some of the mistakes people do. So you identified that there's a problem, you need to course correct. But if you make any of these mistakes, it might hold you back. Okay, so we've got three main mistakes here. Number one, thinking your relationship struggles will somehow just go away. Oh, that is so bad. It, it really is. And so people fall into this one because the reality is, is it's hard to do the work. Yes. And so people don't really want to do it. They just hope that if they just forget about it and close their eyes and pretend it doesn't exist, that it'll somehow fix itself. But it never does. Not only does it never get better, it usually gets worse. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they always say uh, where your attention goes, energy flows, right? So it's like this idea of like what you pay attention to 
is what's going to grow and thrive. And so if you're not paying attention to these and you think that somehow it's all just going to magically work out, it's probably not because you're not actually putting the energy into it to make that happen. And that's the thing is you really have to just acknowledge that there's an issue here and that something needs to be done about it. And then, of course, take action. Well, the mistake number two could be an action you're taking that works against you, which is about taking your friends and family's advice. You go around, ask everybody how you should do this or what do they think about that. And here's the thing. Most people mean well, but they themselves are in crappy relationships. They don't have the tools. Or, especially with family, they think they know you. But really, it's been 20 years since you left home. And they know a version of you. And it might not be who you truly are now. So their advice could have been valid two decades ago, but doesn't really apply right now. Yeah, so this, this is a huge one. So the way it kind of usually goes down is this. Somebody's struggling in their relationship. They rarely go ask their friends or their family or anybody else for advice. I mean, sometimes they do. Usually, they end up complaining about their relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not going well, or I wish he, or I wish he would do this, or she would do that. And then the person says, well, you know what I would do? <laughs> you know what I think you should do? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they give you their advice. The problem is, is that most of these people aren't in healthy relationships either. Even if they are together, maybe they're not arguing like you are, maybe they're not on the verge of divorce, they've got all their own problems. The problem is they've just never really learned how to have great relationships. And if you really think about it, who do most people go to if they're looking for help, right? They're going to go to family, close friends, and if they're religious, potentially you know, uh, a priest or a rabbi or somebody like that. But in most, let's just tackle the easy one first. In most religions, the person who's going to be giving you advice on your relationship has never actually had a relationship. (laughs) Yes, in some religions, rabbis and priests can marry, but in many of them, they do not. So they've spent an entire lifetime not in a relationship and somehow they're qualified to give you relationship advice. At least I know in the, in the Catholic Church, it used to be years ago, that before you got married, you went and had a consultation with the priest, the mm-hmm. priest who's vowed to be celibate and never have a relationship. Mm-hmm. And he's going to tell you what you need to know before you get married. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Come on now, right? And then, then there's family. So the overwhelming majority of families, you know, couples, they didn't really have the most successful relationship themselves. And the reason why you can't have good relationships is because they imprinted all of their bad habits on you. Not, not totally. You learned some on your own. <laughs> so it's not 100% your parents' fault. But a lot of what you've learned about how to interact with the opposite sex comes from watching your parents when you're young. How did your parents interact? How did they show love? How did they communicate, right? These are all things that you learned through osmosis just by sitting there as a child watching, right? 
And of course, there's there's the whole idea about your the way you learn to communicate has a lot to do with how you communicated with your opposite sex parent, right? So in other words, here I am in a relationship with a woman and how I learned to communicate with a woman has a lot to do with how my mother and I communicated because she was the primary female in my life for the first, you know, many formative years. So these are not necessarily the best people. Now, I I will admit that over the years, since you've been a grown adult, your parents could have done a lot of work and could have really fixed all of their relationship Mm -hmm. stuff too. So it is totally possible that they are highly qualified to help you, or at least further along than you are, right? Because to teach somebody, you just need to be further along than they are. You can at least teach them up to the point that you've gotten to, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So it is possible, but in general... Taking advice from friends and family is not that good. Oh, this is, I almost forgot friends. This is another great one, too. Your single friends mm-hmm. who all want to give you advice on how to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, but um, you're single, single? right? <laughs> yeah. Now, granted, stuff happens that is outside of your control. You can be an amazing person and the relationship just didn't work out because the other person just couldn't meet you there. All right, I get it. That happens. However, the majority of the time, these people have their own relationship problems, and this is why they are not in a relationship currently or why they're in and out of relationships all the time, and therefore they're probably not the best person to give you advice. All right, well, I want to move on. I know, quickly. sorry, but I just that one is, is, a, is, a, is a big pet peeve of mine, so sorry I rambled a little bit on it. But <laughs> Okay, last mistake, because I want to get to the... The meat of this uh, of this podcast, but the last mistake is that many people just try to fix things on their own, and most of the time you like the fish in the water. You're too close to see things. You're not realizing you're in the water, and you need an outside perspective. Now, some people can do it with having a book or a course, something from the outside like this. While others, they need more handholding, and that would require working with somebody. But you gotta figure out a way to have an outside, different view to help you see your world that you're in differently. Yeah, and you know, a lot of the inspiration for the show actually came from something that happened recently. So a friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in many years happened to reconnect with me in social media. He saw posts for the podcast, and he actually started listening to it. And he sent me a personal message, and he said, you know, your podcast is really amazing. And I just wanted to let you know that it spurred a really good conversation with me and my partner. And that was fantastic. He said that that it opened up a conversation for them and they were finally able to talk about stuff that they hadn't been able to talk about before. And so it's just an example of, you know, why choosing something from mm-hmm. the outside can be helpful, whether that's a coach, whether that's listening to a podcast, reading books on relationships. It's like sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And therefore, bringing in outside resources can, well, one, teach you stuff, but at least point you in the right direction of what it is you should know and should be doing. So let's start with something we want to identify which area that you want to focus on. Because there might be multiple places in your relationship that are doing really well. And there might be places that are not. But you can't address everything at once because it's overwhelming. 
that's a recipe for failure. So we've broken down what we call the 12 nutrients of a relationship, meaning there's like 12 things. It's like four big categories with three subcategories in each that make the foundation of a love relationship. So in the middle is love. That's granted, okay? But then all around the wheel, you have different nutrients that nourish the relationship. So you want to start to identify which one is strong and which one is weak. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you the four categories and the different things in each category. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about each one just briefly, you know, what it means. But the idea is, you know, go back and listen to this again and write these down and then take an honest assessment of your relationship and see what are the areas out of these 12 that you might need some help. And if you were to work with us, you know, We've got lovely handouts and things to help you, and we walk you through that. But today you're listening to the Love Lab, so that's how you're getting it. All right. First category is physical well-being. Might as well start right there at the most basic. Uh, And we have three things within that. So the first one is relaxation, your ability to cope with pressure and stress of life. So just briefly on this one. You know, we all experience stress, whether it's work stress, family life stress, relationship stress, financial stress, whatever it is, like stress is there. It's a part of life, unfortunately. They don't call it the silent killer for nothing uh, mm-hmm. because it, it really creeps up on you and you don't even realize how stressed you are until you have a heart attack or something like that. The reality is, is that stress is constantly sabotaging your relationship because Mm -hmm. you don't show up as your best self in your relationship when you are stressed out. And that's true for all of us. I mean, that's just how it is. It's like when we are overly stressed, we're not showing up uh, our best. And and it's hard because we want to show up our best sometimes and we just can't. Mm -hmm. So um, you got to see, uh, do you have the ability in this relationship to be able to relax? Number two is your health. It's the energy and amount of good vitality that you have. How is that working? Is that a struggle right now? Or is it something that's going well for you? Is this impacting your relationship? Yeah, that's another one too. It's like, you know, when somebody's going through health challenges, how can they show up in the relationship, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's, it's not easy. Let's say somebody has a physical issue that they're dealing with. Like, how do you maintain a healthy sexual relationship if you're not physically capable, right? So... That's another area that you want to make sure that you are looking at. And then number three is your libido. It's your primal sex energy that drives your life to create. So whether it's to make children, to have sex, to make anything in your life. But where's your libido at? Is it high? Is it low? Is it flat? <laughs> yeah, you should have a libido. Pretty much no matter what age you are, you should have a a libido. See, a lot of people think that, well, it's just normal as I get older, I just don't really have interest anymore. Well, that's not actually true. There are plenty of people in their 50s, 60s, 70s. We even have a neighbor in his 80s who's chasing the women around all the time, (laughs) talking about his boners and whatnot, you know? So there's no reason why you shouldn't have a libido. So if you don't, that's something you want to look into. So that was the physical well-being category. Remember, it's about your ability to, to rest, to relax, your health and your libido. 
Now we're going to move to the second part, which is the communication piece. Ooh. All right, communication. You know, the first one's kind of like a foundation, mm-hmm. right? Like you set the foundation and you make sure that that's solid. And then we start moving into the other stuff. Yeah, communication. I'm sure that you probably wrote these categories in a particular order because when I look at them, they look like order of like <laughs> foundation piece first. Once that's established, the next thing you need to do, like they really are in, mm-hmm. a, in a specific order. Okay, so communication category. Number one is appreciation, your ability to celebrate the beauty and uniqueness of your partner. We teach appreciation a lot on Mm -hmm. the show and in the work that we do. I'm sure you've heard us talk about it many times if you follow our work. It's hugely important to maintaining a healthy and happy relationship. And what's the balance in the relationship? Have you shifted from appreciation to focusing on all the things that don't work or... Or are you still in the appreciation phase? Now, in communication, there's another part that comes in, which is listening. (laughs) (laughs) You know, listening is about your aptitude to seek first, to understand with empathy. Listening is about wanting to understand the other without having to defend yourself. It's just to seek connection. Listening is absolutely huge, and this is one that men generally fail pretty miserably on. Women are pretty good at listening, I have to say. Not all of them, you know. We've definitely had some clients that <laughs> not so great at that. But in general, speaking in generalities, I think women are better at listening than men. Men often already have an idea in their head, and they're just waiting for you to finish so they can tell you their idea. <laughs> Sorry, men, it, it's true. But you have to learn how to not do that, how to listen first and seek to understand and then form your opinion or your answer based on what you've understood. And this is why I chose the word listening under communication, because when people think communication, sometimes they're thinking, how can I dump all my problems and frustration on my partner? You <laughs> that's know, that's not, communication. That's complaining. That's not <laughs> communicating. <laughs> well, there is a misunderstanding. Hence why I'm talking about listening. Mm-hmm. Very important. <laughs> all right. The third and last one under communication is honesty. Your skill at speaking your truth with integrity and kindness. This is really big. I did a video a while back. It's on our YouTube channel called like, how honest should you be in your relationship? Mm -hmm. And really the answer to that is 100% honest, like radically honest. Now people say, well, yeah, but if I'm really honest, it's going to hurt somebody. And it's like, okay, two things. One, it's how you deliver it, right? And two, you know, the reality is, is that in any relationship, you have to be willing to hear the truth about yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's the... That is kind of why you're in a relationship. So you can become a better person and you mirror each other, you know, where your, well, you know, shadows are. Or you, you, you should be using your relationships to become not only a better person, but a better couple yeah. in general. But a lot of people, unfortunately, don't do that. Um, you know, that was one of the beautiful things. We've talked about it on this show a few times about some friends of ours who were together for about 10 years. And uh, towards the end of their relationship, they really sat down and said they had made a commitment when they got together that they would stay together as long as them being together was doing more good for the world Mm -hmm. than not being together. 
And as the relationship changed and shifted and the things they each wanted were different, they really had to sit down and, and honestly take a look at that and realize that, you know, what they were co-creating together was no longer a net benefit for the world as it once had been. And so that for them was their decision. That was, that was what sparked them to say, okay, I think it's time we need to, to move on. And so, you know, in any relationship, you should be striving uh, to be one, a better person and to a better couple and to radiate that out into the world as an example for everybody else. But the only way you can do that is if you're really honest. I know. And this is really why I chose honesty into that, uh, into that piece. I know that for some people it's, it's puzzling, but really it's freeing. Oh, it is. And that's the thing is people think that, oh my God, like how could I possibly tell her? How could I tell him Mm -hmm. this thing or that thing? And it's like, the more you hold back, the harder it's going to be to maintain a healthy, happy, honest, and deep relationship. Like you just, that's the thing is maybe a lot of times people just don't take relationships that seriously, Mm. but you know, if you're really going to commit to somebody and you're really going to be with them, you know, for the rest of your life, or at least so you think when you, when you (laughs) make that, that choice, that really requires you to really kind of bear your soul. And Mm -hmm. like, you got to just, you got to put all that stuff out there. And if, if the person really loves you, they will actually love you more for having done that. The problem is everybody's afraid and they think, oh, if she finds out this about me or if he (laughs) knows that about me, then it's going to be. And if that's the case, then they're not the right person for you. And you're better off figuring that out early on rather than later when your house and career and several kids and many years later. Yeah. So that was the communication. It had appreciation, listening and honesty. We have two more sections. Next comes intimacy. Ooh, intimacy. Okay. So you got the foundation, the physical foundation. Next, you've learned how to communicate with each mm-hmm. other. Now that you've got those tools, you're going to move into intimacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So number one under intimacy is trust. Your confidence in your partner that there's safety and respect. And we've talked a lot about trust on this show and, and how... And safety also. And safety. And how important both of those things are. Mm-hmm. If you do not have trust and you do not have safety in your relationship, you do not have a relationship. For sure. And you can't have great sex. No. <laughs> no. You'll never take her to those deeper levels of orgasmic no, bliss. she won't open up. She won't open up. For sure. Second is touch. And I've very specifically separated touch and sexuality. Unfortunately, most people tend to put them together. You touched my dick. Now you got to do something about it. (laughs) They don't have to go together. (laughs) Touch is your ability to express your affection through your senses. Sure, you can touch a dick, grab an ass, but you know, like stroke an arm, uh, a cheek, little kisses, you know, like, and, and it's so important to understand that it's a category of its own because... Most people are like, they use it as a way to get to sex. And so they, for some women, if he touches them a certain way, they know where it's going to lead. So then they're like, pull away from this. And they're like, I don't want to be touched because I know where it's going to lead. 
Yeah, and it absolutely doesn't have to lead anywhere. No. There's there's actually a ton of research on this about people who are touch deprived and how it affects them psychologically. Yeah, and this is why things like uh, you know cuddle party and all that kind of stuff have has gotten big because there are people out there who just don't have somebody to meet that need for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be very psychologically distressing. I mean, we saw that with COVID and social distancing oh, and all yeah. of that. Huge so, Like problems. a rise in suicide and depression. Drug so, use, mm-hmm. alcohol use. Now, mm-hmm. this was more than just lack of touch because it was also... Um, lack of connection. Lack of connection. That that was the big thing, which we'll we'll talk about in the next category. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. that we saw massively during COVID how this negatively affects people. Yeah. So then the third one is sexuality. And sexuality is your capacity to have erotic orgasmic experiences and responses. Now notice too that it's separate from your libido. Your libido is under your physical well-being. Intimacy is trust, touch, and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your capacity to have erotic orgasmic experiences. So it's basically your capacity to be able to really truly experience sex and feel your sexuality. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to think I want to have sex, but then when you're actually having sex, like what do you do? Mm-hmm. For instance, I'll give you a quick example. Um, I had a friend reach out recently Um, about an issue that he was having. And he was saying that, you know, when he's with a woman, he kind of goes into this pattern of sort of just like primal fuck, right? Where he's not really paying attention to the person he's actually having sex with. And so he was seeking some guidance for how to deal with that, how, what strategies could he use to be more conscious and present when he's, he's making love. And so the reason I use that as an example is because he's got the libido, mm-hmm. right? He's like, I want to fuck. But he doesn't have the sexual skills. Well, not only does he not have the sexual skills, but like there's the capacity to have erotic orgasmic experiences and responses isn't mm-hmm. there. He's just checked out, mm-hmm. right? So intimacy is not working really well. No. So last but not least, there comes connection. Because, you know, intimacy is great. And especially if you're in a new relationship, things work really easily. But you can't rely on your hormones and on this, like, newlywed period of your relationship. You need to know how to create connection if you want to be able to have long-lasting passion. Yeah, and, you know, we need to define connection just a little bit because... People think, oh, well, I connected with them on social media. (laughs) Sent them a message. (laughs) Connected with them here, you know, whatever. That's not really what we're talking about when we're talking about connection. And you'll you'll get a better understanding of what we mean as we talk about the three things that are under the connection category. So the first one is presence, your ability to be right here in the now. This is what we were just talking about with, you know, the person who reached out to me recently. We teach presence a lot in the work that we do. It's a pretty big piece of our sexual mastery program. And the reason for that is because it's what every single woman says she wants from her partner. Like we didn't just pull this out of thin air. We didn't just borrow it because some expert said you should be present. No, 
every woman we talk to is like, what's the biggest thing that you need in your sexual relationship? They may not use the word presence, but they always describe something that is presence. They want you as the man to be fully present, fully aware, fully paying attention to them in that moment. You're not thinking about, oh, I'm just in fuck mode, right? Mm -hmm. Or, oh, this feels good on my dick. Or, oh, I can't wait till we do that. Oh, I'm fantasizing about this other person. Oh, (laughs) that porn movie I saw, right? None of that. She wants you looking into her eyes and she wants you thinking about her. And, oh, I noticed she moved a little bit when I hit a certain angle while we were having sex. Okay, that didn't feel good to her. Let me make sure I don't do that again. Or, oh, I noticed that her breathing is getting faster and she's really liking this stroke that I'm doing. Okay, I'm going to keep doing that. And maybe even check in with her from time to time. You know, that sort of thing. Just keeping that connection. Like, mm-hmm. I'm here with you 100%. I'm not thinking about anything else outside of what's happening right here. And, you know, it's not just a man. Um, a lot of women struggle with that piece of, we don't call it presence, we call it like getting out of our head, this very distracted. Yeah, for women it tends to be thinking about the shopping list and the, the to-do list, the, to-do the, list, the laundry, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, that, that definitely happens mm-hmm. more for women. I, you know, we say often that, you know, this is more of a problem for men and men need to learn how to be present. And, and while that's true to some extent, I have made love with women who weren't totally present. And honestly, it sucks. Yeah, you feel it. You feel it. It's really, it's really not that it's good. Like, oh, hello, who's there? You know, when you're 20, you're like, yeah, whatever. You know, like, at least mm-hmm. I'm getting laid, like, okay. But once you're older and you're past that, you're like, man, this sucks. <laughs> like, I could just go masturbate. If she's not going to be physically here with me, what's the point? All right, so next on our list is the purpose. You're compelling reasons why you are together. And so it's bigger than, well, we like each other and we love each other. It's like, what's our reason? And, you know, like what Kevin was talking about, about being a couple makes us better and also add goodness to the world. You know, most couples never think about this one. Mm-hmm. They never get together and say, what, what's the purpose of us being together? Well, it's going to help in, in tough times. It's going to help because sometimes... Things are not going to work the way you want. It's going to be setbacks. But if you remember the bigger vision, you can be patient for a few months. You can be understanding. You can be kind to each other because you know the bigger vision. Yeah. And, you know, your purpose can be all sorts of things. Like your purpose doesn't have to be, we're going to change the world, right? I mean, it could be, we want to raise amazing children. It could be. It could be, we want to raise amazing children. It could be, we want to use this relationship to become the best version of ourselves. It could be, we want to see just how much love we can create. Like, Mm -hmm. like there could be lots of different purposes. And the purpose can evolve because if your purpose was children, 20 years down the road, you should have another purpose. Yeah, you should, because your children will be gone, and then you're going to be like, uh, Now what? Uh, now what? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Last but not least on our connection is freedom. Your ability to make choices based on your values and have autonomy. Yeah, so freedom is huge in any relationship, but not the kind of freedom that a lot of people think. Mm. I mean, freedom. Oh, I can just go out and party and like, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, the the real freedom in the relationship is to be able to rely on your partner for advice, for help, 
for their particular unique perspective or knowledge, while always being able to know that ultimately the decision is yours. Mm-hmm. And a lot of couples lose that in their coupleship, especially if they've been together for a long time. It's like they can't make a decision. Well, she won't let me do this, or he says I can't do that. And it's they like, became very like codependent. Very codependent, exactly. And really where you want to be is, hey, what do you think about this? Here's the decision I'm trying to make, and what is your input? And then they give you your input, and you might say, oh, that, exactly, that's perfect, great, mm-hmm. thank you, I'm just going to do that. Or you might say, okay, I understand your point of view, but I think ultimately what I really need is something else, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to be able to free, be free to make that decision. And, and freedom is also about being able to be freely who you are oh, without yeah. holding back That's or hiding things. That's another big one. But you know what? You get a truth bomb today Ooh, for that one. I did it! <laughs> because you're right. I, you know, I hadn't even thought about that, but that is absolutely huge. You have to be free to be yourself mm-hmm. in any relationship, not holding back parts mm-hmm. of you that you think the other person isn't going to like. Exactly. Woo. So that was connection. It has presence, purpose, and freedom. This is a starting point. Look at those 12 nutrients. Which one are you lacking? Which one are you doing well? Like, you know, congratulate yourself. And then pick one area, one at a time. And if all three in that particular category are off, pick just one and start working on that. After a little sponsor ad, we are going to tell you how to start the steps. I think we've got like Nine steps, so Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to go pretty quick. (laughs) Okay, today's sponsor is... Me. (laughs) Hey, guys, do you know what makes a man great? You know, the kind of masculine man that women are irresistibly attracted to and want. Is it money, job title, his physical body, being great in bed? How about a big penis? Mm. (laughs) Great pickup lines? But what if you don't have those or only some of them? What if you've had a string of failed relationships, are embarrassed by your bedroom skills, doubt whether you can rise to the occasion, worry about lasting long enough, or are always stuck in the friend zone? Then I can help you if you're ready to make big changes and finally become the man you have always wanted to be. Then this is the program for you. To find out more, go to selenereming.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. That takes you to the page where I tell you more about the coaching work that I do. You know, ads like this, those those things that I mentioned, all come from real experience from working with men. These are things that happen to men. These are things that I can help you with. We are, of course, by no means limited to those things. There is a whole lot more than that we can cover. But if any of that speaks to you and you are looking for help, please go to selenremy.com forward slash go forward slash warrior and get the help that you need. Yes. Kevin's awesome. So let's talk about how you can create a new relationship with the same person. Ooh, (laughs) new relationship with the same person. Yeah. Based on the foundation that you've already created Mm -hmm. and expanded to be even bigger and better. So number one, you have to understand that the grass isn't greener somewhere else. You have to let go of that idea. Everybody kind of thinks that and they hold themselves back and like, but what if? But over there, you either in or you out, stop this, 
Love this idea. Yeah, well, especially when things get hard, right? Yes. When, when things get challenging and you're actually asked to really show up and do the work, that's when people start going, eh, I think maybe the grass is greener over there. Yeah. Squirrel, squirrel, <laughs> right? You know? So yeah, you, you have to really let go of that because nine times out of 10, the grass isn't greener over there. And that brings us to number two, which is wherever you go, there you are. That was a title of a book written, I can't remember the name of the individual who wrote it, but, um, you know, it's, it's basically the idea is, is that you think the grass is greener on the other side, so you're going to go over there, but you just bring all your baggage, all your emotional junk, all your scarring, all that right to the next relationship and repeat the same damn patterns all over again. Which leads to number three, your ex-relationship even isn't worth going back to. There's a reason it's, it's in the past. Sometimes we glorify our ex-relationships, and most of it is not truth. We just kind of pick and choose the good thing. And then some people are like, well, it was so much better with so-and-so. Maybe I should just go back. No. You know, I honestly cannot think of... I mean, there's probably a few out there, but I honestly cannot think of a situation that we've witnessed this happen where, where it worked out. That's true. I just, I, I can't think of a single example where somebody went back and was like, all of a sudden everything was great and they got married happily ever after. Like I, I no. d- can't think of a single one. If that's you, well, congratulations. I'm glad it worked out. But you're an exception. Yeah. Well, so we have a tendency in the human mind, this is just humans in general, to forget about the things that weren't good yes. and to only remember the things that were good. This is like, this is what happens every time somebody like famous dies, right? And all of a sudden, everything is this glowing review of what an amazing person this was and all the good they did for humanity. And then we've forgotten that at one point they were in the news every day for doing some fucked up shit, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, it's kind of human nature to forget those things. And so just be conscious and careful about that, that you're not overlooking all the things that didn't work. Number four. Number four, start by focusing on yourself, especially if you've been bad at setting time for yourself. Give to yourself first, then you'll have more. Yeah, so the idea here is is that you can't really give to somebody else if you're depleted. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things you got to look at, and this is a a great thing too, um, because, you know, I work with more single men than you and I work with couples Mm -hmm. together. And when I'm working with, and by single, I don't mean like they're single in their relationship status. I mean, I'm working with just the man, not both parties in the relationship. And so one of the questions a lot of guys have is like, can, if I'm not doing this work with my partner, can I really make any mm-hmm. progress? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. Remember that everything is an inside job. you got to start by fixing yourself first. Now, granted, it's great if we can do the work together. I mean, that's better so that everybody can be working on their stuff sort of simultaneously. But don't think that you, you have to wait for them to jump on board. You need to do your work Right, And that's the whole thing about number four, start by focusing on yourself, especially if you've been bad at that, as many people have. Yeah, and and women listening, you're probably going to relate to that. You've been giving to your children, to your partner, to your job. 
when was the last time you took care of yourself, took a bath, did something you really wanted, closed the door for an hour without being disturbed? This is essential. Without you having self-care and time for yourself, you're not going to have the energy to even want to have an orgasm in sex. So that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. All right, number five, have an open, honest conversation with your partner. See if you can see when things started to change, and most importantly, be curious about what you each need now. So rather than dwelling on, it was so much better before, you could look at what did we do great before, that work that brought us together. What did we stop doing that kind of started the mess we're in? And is there something else or different that you need now? Because you might be different people. It might have been a decade. And that's important. And you can go through the nutrients of the relationship again and look at that. Remember our communication category, honesty? You've got to get really honest and you've got mm -hmm. to have that honest conversation. If it's too hard to have without being triggered, that's really when you need somebody else, a third party. For sure, for sure. If you, if you really can't have that conversation without one or the two of you getting triggered, then you definitely need third party help. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you really risk making it even worse. For sure. And that, that's kind of the one little thing to watch for. But if you're able to do it, then that's where the magic happens. Number six, commit to taking a daily action to make your part of life more beautiful. Remember, you're on the same team. You're not playing on opposite teams. Yeah, that's, you know, you're getting a second truth bomb today. Yes! I'm on fire! I'm on fire! <laughs> well, it's, it's really that idea that you're on the same team. Yes. You know, it's like we say all the time, team us. Mm -hmm. Like, we committed to be together and to be a team. And so to be a team, you have to work together. You're not competing against each other. No, because if you compete against each other, you take away from yourself too. And you're dividing your power, right? Mm -hmm. You're more powerful together than you are on your own, right? And especially if your interests are not uh, the same, right? So then you could actually, if, if I'm trying to take it in one direction, you're trying to take it in another direction, how successful is either one of us going to be? No, it's not going to be. Right. But also committing to doing one thing a day will make a huge difference because you're going to put energy into the relationship. And that's how it can thrive. Especially if you can have an input from your partner on what they truly need, then it can also make a bigger difference because you're, you're not just shooting in the dark. You're like, this is something that's going to make a difference. Yeah, and they can be small things. They, they don't have to be like, big, oh my God, I got to do something every day. Uh, this is going to be so hard. Well, no. and then we have the question on number seven to help you with how to do that. And that's a, a question you can ask each other every morning. Which is, what is the one thing you need from me today? One thing. Yeah, don't answer that with a list of 10 things. It's, what is the one thing? What is the most important thing that I could help you with today? And that's the key. Is like, if I did this one thing, am I guaranteed to know that I will have contributed to your life and to your joy, your happiness? And that's a yes. So you're not really allowed to complain. And that allows you to, forces you to focus on what truly matters and not get lost because yes, 
Dishes needs to get done. Floor needs to be mopped. This needs to happen. But really, what truly matters? Mm-hmm. Which one is the one thing? At the end of the day or at the end of your life, you will end up asking yourself that question at some point. What truly matters? Yeah, it's probably not. I wish I had mopped my floor more often. It's definitely not. I wish I had spent more time on social media or watched more things on Netflix <laughs> or anything like that. Right? It's definitely not, yeah, did the, were all the chores done? Right? Those are not the things that matter most in life, nor is it how much money you made or whatever your career job title was. At the end of the day, you'll look back and you'll realize probably when it's too late what was truly most important. How, do you, how much did I love? How did I love? Did that make a difference? How did I show up for my partner? How did I show up for my kids? Mm-hmm. Right? Did my life matter? Yeah. For sure. Number eight, end your day with gratitude and appreciation. I love this game. It's fantastic. Each night you can end the day with what are you grateful for or things you appreciate about each other. Again, that's going to help you refocus on the things that you're grateful for. It really helps, you know, even sometimes when I'm, I'm like struggling and I'm in a bad mood or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you, you kind of force me to play this game. And even though I don't like it and I grab I'm like, it, it does still help. Yeah, but you were so grumpy. <laughs> and then I was like, come on, Kevin, just the effort of looking for something in your brain is going to start to send you feel good hormones. And you're like, I'm like. You're not looking. Come on, look <laughs> in deeper. I looked. No, I didn't really. I really didn't look. <laughs> oh, I knew. <laughs> I wasn't capable of looking in that moment, <laughs> but it helps anyway. All right. Uh, last one, number nine. Do a weekly thing together and explore new things. So, yeah, you got to do stuff together, not just the stuff that has to get done. Uh, like cleaning, fun stuff. Cleaning the house together is not really doing something together. Even watching a movie together is barely doing something Mm -hmm. together. Like do something together where you're focusing on each other and... Go on a walk and hold hands. Watch the sunset. Read a book together. Uh, Go try a new restaurant. Uh, Try a cooking class. Take up a new hobby. Anything. Share with each other your favorite hobby. Teach each other things. Mm Mm-hmm. Read the Kama Sutra book. Play music together, sing together. Yeah, sex together. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's tons of stuff. Just a few ideas we're throwing out there for you. Together. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we do the last one quickly here? Maybe if you are... Okay, we gave you tons of things right now. And you're like, I don't know. I'm on my own. My partner's not helping just yet. What can I do on my own? We're going to give you six things really quickly just to help you get started, because remember, if you change how you show up and who you are, everything around you will change. Mm-hmm. All right, number one, reduce outside stressors. So we've talked about that quite a bit already, but take, take time to figure out how to reduce your own stress. Don't expect your partner to figure out ways to reduce your stress. Please, please, please put away that phone for a few hours a day mm-hmm. Yeah. or a whole day in the weekend, whatever, but just disconnect from technology for a while. Number two, move more and love your body, especially if you've let yourself go a little bit. It's important. Physical well-being, remember, is part of the nutrients of a healthy relationship. Yeah, and if you move more, you will be also reducing stressors because physical exercise helps counteract the evil forces of stress. 
And of course, love your body too. If every time you look at your body in the mirror, you are angry or upset at it, that's not a good thing. So you got to find a way to love it and you got to just love it for wherever it's at. And then if it's not where you want it to be, make a commitment to get it to where you want it to be. Number three, have a new hobby. Just trying some new things will spark up some energy. Yeah, and that's the whole idea is when you get excited about something, a new hobby, you can bring that excitement back into the relationship and you can share that with your partner. Number four, quality sleep, also very important. Again, if you're tired, stressed out, broke down, you're not going to show up well for your relationship, so make sure that you address that. Your libido is not going to be working well. Nope. Quality sleep. Number five, slow down. Most of us just live at 1,000 miles per hour. Especially these days. So Life is so, so much faster mm-hmm. than it was even when I was a kid. Yes. Um, and that's true for everybody. Obviously, when you're a kid, life seems super slow because <laughs> you, know, you have nothing to do, no responsibilities. But, but life in general was even slow back then compared to the way it is now. And so we, <laughs> back then, we, it was so slow, actually, we were bored a lot of the time. But nowadays, things are so fast, we actually have to figure out ways to slow it down. Mm-hmm. It used to be the reverse. Things were slow. We were trying to figure out ways to speed it up and make it more fun. Nowadays, we're like, no, slow it. It's too fast. It's just slow down. Especially in the bedroom, by the way. Slow it down. <laughs> yeah, right. And last but not least, meditate. Meditation will help you rebalance yourself. The word meditation really means to become familiar with. So it's also becoming familiar with yourself with who you are, with your triggers, with how you react, with how you show up, and learning to not just be so constantly responding to outside circumstances, to learn to become more equanimous. Yeah. All right. We got through it all. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. We hope that was helpful for you. Again, you know, if your relationship isn't where you want it to be, uh, do not fret. You can course correct. We gave you tons of tools here in order to do that. And of course, you can always seek help. Please reach out to us if you need help uh, course correcting your relationship. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>